I still get quite emotional when I hear the national anthem as for 70 years it was God Save the Queen but now it's God Save the King and I just can't bring myself to singing it. Today I'm recording a bit of an unexpected and unscripted podcast regarding the Queen's death and how it's affected me, how it's affected so many different people and I just haven't really been myself with my content for the past two weeks since the Queen died and I've also been in Ecuador since late August so obviously just being with my family and I've got a lot going on which I've really got to update you but um, definitely the Queen's death was that cherry at the top of the cake and I felt that during the 12 days of mourning I couldn't really I don't know just carry on with my regular content I didn't think it was the right thing to do even when I was scrolling on social media I would just want to watch things that had to do with the royal family I wasn't really up for humor or anything like that. So today is Monday, September the 19th, 2022, when I'm recording this and it was the Queen's funeral. And like I said, I'm in Ecuador and my mum and I, we woke up at 3 a.m. to watch the funeral. It was very important to us. You know, we always wake up for royal weddings and funerals, anything like that. You know, we're pretty much fans of the royal family, even though we're not British. So we actually adopted a new little cat you've probably seen it if you follow me on social media and his name is Prince Harry so the thing is we adopted him on Prince Harry's actual birthday which is September the 15th and the kitten also has ginger hair and we've got another cat whose name is Mr. Darcy and we were just saying how much of a rebel the little one is you know the new one as younger brothers tend to be which also makes the name Prince Harry quite fitting you know since he's I don't know he's just he's he's a wreck I mean but I obviously mean that in the best way possible he's adorable we love him and so this morning he wakes us up at 3 a.m because he was hungry you know he's eating so much kittens eat so much I, I can't even believe it and what was is that he won't even eat regular cat food he all he wants to eat is these little pate packs that we bought it tends to be salmon or chicken and it's wet cat food and he doesn't want the dry food you know we bought the little sachets as a treat for him but it's all he wants to eat and he goes through so many of them and but right now I think we're allowing it because he's so small and we want him to grow and you know he's a bit spoiled right now so we're just going with it but it won't be like that when he's older that's for sure and let me just say that now that I've got a new kitten I'm starting to understand what parents of newborns go through since kittens require so much attention and he's so small he fits in the palm of my hand so with that being said since we got him I haven't really been sleeping much mostly because I've been worried not because he's been keeping me up so what we do is he's in my bathroom so it's quite a big bathroom and he's got all of his toys his little box his water food everything and we leave him there overnight so he'll sleep and I'm just too scared that if he's in the bedroom I'll run over him when I sleep and that's also a concern I've heard from parents but apparently there's an there's an instinct that stops you from doing it from hurting your baby but 
sorry, he's just so small. So yes, it's just mostly me worrying that he's lonely. I kept, I kept thinking that he's gonna fall in the toilet. I, I'm always thinking that I close the toilet top because he's, he's gonna fall in and he won't be able to come out. And I was also worried that he would fall in the sink, in the sinkhole, or that he would be lonely and start crying. You know, all of these things were keeping me up at night when he was perfectly fine and asleep. But at least I think it's the first time that he wakes me up this early to ask for food because normally I, I give him food at maybe 6 or 7 a.m. and that's fine. You know, he's fine for the rest of the night. But as he's getting bigger, you know, they grow by the day. It's only been, what, like five days since we adopted him and I I already can tell how big he's gotten and it's funny I think he already knew that I wanted to be woken up at 3 30 a.m as it was the queen's funeral it was just starting right on time and I got to see everyone you know arrive at Westminster Abbey and it was quite a moment so Prince Harry was there with me he sleeps on my chest and he purrs but I, I love it but at the same time it's a bit stressful because I can't move and I feel that I can't even breathe normally but I, I think that's the exact same thing that mothers feel you know I can't even go to the toilet because I've got the cat on top of me and I don't want to wake him but he's so tiny and so cute and so adorable I know I'm going to miss absolutely every second of it so it's fine I'm perfectly happy with how things are Guys, okay, so for the past 10 minutes, I've been trying to continue recording the podcast and I was in the middle of a beautiful message to the Queen. And the thing is, okay, I've got this blood pressure measuring thing on me right now and the thing is it measures my blood pressure every 20 minutes so I suffer from high blood pressure and it's one of the things that I'm getting treated for whilst I'm here in Ecuador you know it's a bit easier than doing it with the NHS at least getting that first diagnosis and it just starts beeping and I've got this thing on my arm like when you go to the doctor and it starts getting tight and I've got to keep my hand my arm stretched so it'll be accurate and I, I have to make sure that it's in place that it's, a, it's tight enough not too tight not too loose and then I was fine you know it it stopped measuring my blood pressure and then I was recording again and my dad rang and I just had to get out of bed and just answer the phone and then it just kind of threw me off <laughs> again I started thinking about how all of these creators who have children manage to create content I mean anything throws me off you know dogs barking phone ringing Imagine a child needing my attention, you know, right now the cat is with my mum and yeah, I'll just carry on. I think I've got another like 12 minutes till my blood pressure reading comes in again and I've got to stop. So, and I don't want to be cut off, so I'm going to just get right to it. <laughs> oh, and guys, before I forget, do check out my Instagram and TikTok stories. I made these cute little pancakes in honor of the queen. So I've got crowns and a dress, and I'm so pleased with how it came out. When I was watching the funeral, I felt I had to do something to, as a tribute to her, you know, as a final tribute to her as it's it was our final goodbye to her i've certainly been feeling down ever since the queen died even when they announced that she wasn't doing well i was hoping that she would make her miraculous recovery and that everything would be fine but it just completely broke my heart when the news came through and ever since i just find myself thinking about it most of the time and feeling sad and nostalgic and i can't 
I can't really put my finger on what the feeling is, what to call it exactly, but it's rather strange and this whole thing just made me think about grief and what it means and what it does to us and how it can manifest you know sometimes grief is not just for a loved one for a person you know it can be for an experience for a moment for a figure like the queen was and I'm just starting to sort of learn that start to realize that since in my life I've never really lost anyone who was close to me of course I've had grandparents aunts uncles die but I haven't had a close meaningful enough relationship with them in which their death would affect me greatly and the thing is you never know until it happens I I've thought about the queen dying for years now and the feeling the thought always mortified me I didn't like the idea of having a king and I just knew you know things would never be the same and I would be sad but now that the moment finally came I just can't believe it sometimes I'm like I wish it could just be a dream and tomorrow I would just wake up and the queen's still here you know and everything's fine but yeah definitely not at this point and with the queen's death I've also been fascinated with all of the protocols and historical ways I absolutely love that I'm a monarchist I mean I love the royal family it is a bit of an outdated institution but I still love them and I was feeling quite guilty and quite bad for not being in the UK right now to pay my respects to the queen and to not be there to witness this historic moment and I was watching you know people queuing up 12 14 hours to see the queen lying in state and I thought it was beautiful but at the same time I think it would have been a bit too much it would have been too depressing and being abroad gives me the chance to just not be thinking about it all the time and to just be with my family and my cats and not just everything having to be about the funeral and the 12 days of mourning even though any sort of footage of her right now makes me really sad or anything about the funeral makes me sad but I just feel that I can't ignore it I kind of have to take this time to remember her and pay tribute to her and to sort of learn everything about her historic reign I love the crown and I can't wait for season four or five is it this November but I just think about everything she did during her reign and it just blows my mind every time I think about it even more and more she met Churchill all the way to Liz Truss isn't it crazy that Liz Truss met the queen and then two days later the queen died I mean what an honor to have been able to meet her right before her death I can't even imagine she the queen met Truman all the way to Joe Biden she lived since before the war and now post coronavirus which is such a long period if you think about it and I don't know she it's like she's experienced pretty much everything a human can experience for most of us it felt that she'd be with us through it all that she would always just be there that she was always just a constant and she was the glue that kept the royal family together and in check she's also a huge part of British culture and identity and I highly doubt that King Charles III reigned will be anything remotely similar to his mother's I mean the queen was the perfect queen she played everything by the book no scandals no nothing like I said she was the glue that kept the royal family together and I don't know who will do that now honestly uh, 
And I think what makes the Queen's death particularly sad is that we may be feeling that a huge part of British culture and identity and everything we know about the country is just slipping through our fingers. And when you visit the UK, the royal family is a huge part of what you're looking forward to. It's part of the experience. I know that whenever I was in the UK growing up, I, I didn't grow up in the UK, by the way, I felt this way. It was such a huge part of British identity and what the Queen is, well, was the best of British. And, you know, now as an adult, now that I'm settled in the UK, every time I would walk past Buckingham Palace, I would wonder if the Queen is there or if I'm going to the Royal Ascot, I would wonder if I would be seeing the Queen. Or when June came around, I'd say, oh, it's the Queen's birthday parade soon. You know, it's always a part of what's happening in the country. And even with sad and more tragic things like the coronavirus, we would always think, oh, will the queen get it? Is the queen okay? Is she being kept safe? Or we would constantly joke and say, nah, she's immortal. And like me, many of us wanted to believe this, even though we know it's obviously not true, because we just absolutely dreaded the day it would happen. And I think it would probably hurt a bit less if there would have been another woman in direct line to the throne. You know, I think what makes this so heartbreaking is that we won't see another queen in our lifetime. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, whenever I hear God save the queen now, I get so emotional because I won't be singing it again for the rest of my life. It will be God save the king. And that's just, it doesn't feel normal. It just, it's heartbreaking. Every time I pay for something in cash or every time I pay for a letter from from now on, I have to sort of get used to the idea that I won't be seeing the queen on the banknotes or the post, the stamps. So one of the things I want to do as soon as I get back to the UK, which will be later this week, is to just collect a few of the banknotes and little coins and just keep them in this sort of scrapbook. And I was going through my travel documents and I saw that um, I have banknotes from when I went to Australia and New Zealand and they've got the queen on them as well. So I'm keeping those as well as a souvenir I'm actually happy that I never exchanged those so just like a bit of history and yes I mean we we will still have queens you know like queen consorts like Camilla and honestly absolutely nothing against Camilla I've never had anything against her I think the whole story is just a mess and they were all put in a really rubbish position I don't really blame her for any of it now back to the queen's death I'm pretty much tired of people just saying oh just get over it why are you so sad you didn't know her she was 96 it was her time just not getting it and on one hand for me the memes just looking at all of the humor behind it you know the queen and king charles it's just been a great coping mechanism for me and i've been doing a few videos myself you know i do comedy for a living and all of that and most of us don't want to be disrespectful at all we do it out of love for her and she had a sense of humor i think she would have wanted that like i touched on earlier with the queen's death i'm starting to think of grief and what it looks like and why we're grieving someone we never met and I'm reading a few of the things that some grief experts have to say and they make a lot of sense I mean one of them says that the queen has become a backdrop to our lives and it also connects us to ourselves and we remember her milestones and we also connect those milestones to periods in our lives and other cultural events that we find significant and her dying is not 
only her life, but sort of letting go of all of these decades of events. You know, in England, the monarchy, especially older people, is a crucial sense of the country and nationalism. Stability, maybe. You know, it's not like the olden days where the king and queen were just ruling authorities. Nowadays, we look at them for comfort and inspiration and they become a huge part of our lives. I was thinking about it and I think that the queen passing is us saying goodbye to the old world, you know, to the old ways of the monarchy because it's just all changed and nothing. I think she was the last monarch to actually take her role seriously and do everything by the book, like I said. So it's like we've lost that forever and it's gone, you know, the serious type of monarchy, very traditional type of monarchy. So we see it as the end of a distinguished, old, predictable world, you know, a time where people were closer, more united and more nationalistic. And we seem to be losing that through younger generations. And the Queen was the last thing that we had of that, you know, a time with no technology, a time with no social media. And, you know, it's like the world is just changing way too quickly and people just wanted to stop, which is why we saw Brexit win. You know, people don't want all of these. They want their old England back. So that that's also that's, that could also be the reasoning behind Brexit in a way for older people and also maybe even younger people. No, not sure. So just a little disclaimer. I'm not a psychology expert, but I do find the topic fascinating. And I think knowing about it and being connected to our emotions and our brain just makes it a lot easier to cope. So I've been doing a bit of research and just sort of trying to make sense of my feelings, the feelings that I've shared in this podcast. And that's why it didn't feel right to just want to ignore the whole thing, especially now that we have social media and we can connect everywhere. And it's a wonderful thing knowing that so many people are feeling the same way we do and we feel validated and connected as a grieving society. You know, nothing changes with the Queen's death but at the same time, so many things do. Um, The past two weeks, I've been reminiscing on all things royal and watching and reading all about Queen Victoria, King George V, George VI, you know, the abdication of Dan Wallace Simpson, you know, a very pivotal moment in the 20th century. Just yesterday, I was watching this film with my parents starring Colin Firth, and it's called The Queen's Speech, and it's all about Queen Elizabeth's father, King George VI. And I had no idea that he had a speech problem like a stutter so of course with being king he had to deliver many many speeches and he was having such a hard time with this and I've known people in my life who have sp- experienced this as a result of anxiety you know it's quite common this fear of public speaking and to see it through a king and to know this side of him that I never did it was truly special and heartwarming I love that nowadays we portray all of these monarchs in a more humane and realistic way and because you know in the past the royal families were a lot more private and they had to give this image of oh what's the word you know they had to be phlegmatic and stoic. I think we we didn't even see them as real people, as one of us. We just saw them as gods, you know, people up there 
who have nothing to do with us. But nowadays, I think that as a society, we want something completely different from the monarchy. And I absolutely love that. And to me, that's the reason why Princess Diana was so popular, because we actually saw her as a real human doing real human things and not as a princess. I love the Regency period. So that would have been early 1800s. And that was King George III. And he was nicknamed the Mad King as he, he had a bit of issues and he couldn't rule so his son acted as his regent which is why we know it as the regency period and after that came the victorian era again queen victoria when she was born nobody thought she would be queen and she was a wonderful queen you know queen victoria popularized christmas trees white wedding dresses white wedding cakes she made buckingham palace the official royal residence and she started this thing of the royals coming out to greet the public on Buckingham Palace balcony which is what we see on Trooping the Colour. Also I think the British Empire was perhaps the biggest it ever was. I'm not sure that don't take my word but I think it was quite something the British Empire under her rule so that's quite significant. And you know how many say that history tends to repeat itself and learning it can help us better understand and cope with the present and make better decisions. I I like to think of history as a little life manual from previous generations you know just helping us cope with life and give us an idea of what, what could happen and to me the reason why I love history so much is that learning from those before us gives life a bit more meaning you know every little building every street you know there's a story behind that every trend everything we do everything is linked to a previous event and just learning about that is fascinating and today we have the means to know pretty much anything and now that I think about it I'm glad the queen died the way she did you know she was at Balmoral which was reportedly her favorite place on the planet she was happiest there and I just love the fact that she probably had the world's most expensive wardrobe and jewelry collection but she was always happiest in the country with her welly boots and her dogs and her horses she was the best of both worlds you know she was a colorful and bright queen but also like a grandma you know like a normal grandma country country lady. She did say that if she wouldn't have been queen, she would have wanted to live a much simpler life in the country. And I can see that being totally her. And at least she got to die within uh, that context and not in the middle of buzzing central London. Imagine if she would have died in the middle of the Jubilee, that would have been so tragic. And also if she would have died before, you know, not having completed her 70 year reign, which is historic. And also imagine being the monarch who reigned for 69 years. I'm sure they didn't want that. And also 71 years is kind of awkward. I, I was hoping that she would live to reign for 72 years. That way she would be history's longest reigning monarch. Um, um, that was, well, still is King Louis the Fourteenth. But I think that after Prince Philip's death and just she wasn't in a good state. So I think it was her time to go. And if she would have died maybe two months later, I don't know, November, it would have been a bit tragic, you know, since it would have interfered with Christmas and lots of Christmas planning. And it, it's pretty big for the economy, you know, ever since the pandemic, we have had cancelled Christmases in the UK. So it would have been unfortunate if we, we would have had to just be in this mourning period during the Christmas time and it also the fact that she died in September also gives us a bit more time 
for till Christmas to adjust to the idea of Charles being king and him delivering the Christmas speech, which the Queen has been doing for seven decades. And if she would have died after Christmas, that would have been in the midst of winter, which is already sad and depressing. And also it would have been a 71 year reign, which is a bit of an awkward number. And also people would have had to be stood outside paying their respects in the freezing cold and grey. And I know it's kind of an insignificant detail, but still September weather is really nice. You know, it's not too hot, not too cold. It makes it a lot more enjoyable, you know, for the public and also for the funeral. Not that mourning or a funeral is enjoyable, but I, I think you get what I mean. Yep. <laughs> and if she would have gone a month earlier, it would have been August. And the thing with August is that a lot of British people tend to leave the country and it's just everyone's on holiday. Also the royal family, the Cambridges of the Waleses were on holiday as well. And it would have sort of put everyone in an awkward position. By September, everyone was back in the UK. You know, school was starting. Most people had come back from their holidays. And I think it was just a more convenient time to mourn as a country. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going a bit too deep into this. It's just my overthinking and anxious brain. I, I just have a lot of thoughts about it. I've been thinking about this for the past 12 days so I think you can tell. So I think I will keep this podcast short and sweet. I hope it has helped you maybe deal with a few of the emotions felt by the Queen's death or anything like that. Don't forget to follow me on social media. I am Tatiana Bellator on Instagram and TikTok and also my comedy account on Instagram is Tatiana Bellator slash comedy. I will be posting a video regarding this podcast so come and tell me all of your comments feelings I would love to chat I'm just thinking that I never did an intro for this podcast I just sort of jumped right into the topic so this is the House of Bellator podcast I am your host Tatiana Bellator and thank you for listening bye it is often the small steps not the giant leaps that bring about the most lasting change. When life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. While we may have more still to endure, better days will return.